Asking your employer for a raise can be uncomfortable. On this episode of Driven Too Far, we're going to go over the six mistakes you can avoid when asking for a raise. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. There seems to be two common ways that people avoid asking that tough question to their boss. The first is avoiding the conversation altogether. So let's just say they can't come up with the courage to do that, boy, I'm just, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'll be fine. I'm just not going to ask. The problem with doing that is I think as time goes on and you didn't ask for the raise, maybe you actually become more disgruntled with the job overall. And the second thing that people tend to do, and this one's even worse, is they're so intimidated about asking for that raise, maybe it's just easier to quit. Maybe it's just easier to wait for that that competitor that shows up and wants to offer me a job at the wage that I wanted, uh, and it's just easier for me to quietly quit. Here's my keys. I'm out of here. The problem with doing that is, first of all, you, you take your former employer by surprise. We had no idea what was going on. We didn't know you were unhappy. And most of all, we don't know what to fix. The other thing is think about everything that you're leaving behind with that, with that employer. You're talking pay and benefits and time and relationships and all those things you took time as long as you were there to build. Now you're just moving over to a new company. Yeah, you're getting a few more pennies per mile or whatever it is, but you've got to start at the bottom of the totem pole again and build all that over. And when you think about it, wouldn't it have been much easier just to walk in and say, hey, I need some help. Hey, I need to have a conversation with you. Well, today we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to teach you how to do that to make it uh, more comfortable for you. Uh, But before we go there, let's just talk about some mistakes that I've seen in my years as a leader or manager and things that you can avoid going forward. Understand that in most cases, raises for employees are kind of an annual event, right? We've all been through the annual review process. Uh, and, and there's a purpose behind that. As a medium to large size company, we probably budget for those annual increases with all our employees, not just drivers, but the office staff, the technicians, whatever it may be. But we have to set money aside every year because we know we want to give our people uh, an increase in wages. So when you walk in kind of midstream, mid-year, something like that, and you're asking for an increase in your in your wage, just understand you might be catching your supervisor off guard a little bit. Uh, it might throw a wrench into their annual budget plan. So if you get kind of a weird reaction, that might be one reason that it happens. One of the other tactics I would caution you about uh, is comparing your wages to another team member. Uh, Maybe it's another driver, another technician, whatever position you're in in the company. But the problem with doing that is, first of all, I'll just be brutally honest, I I don't like when people talk about pay. Uh, I can tell you that in my 30-year career in transportation, I have not once talked to anybody about my compensation, my pay, other than my boss and my spouse. But the reason that's so dangerous to do is while you might see yourself as an equal with that other driver you were talking to in the driver lounge, what you don't know is how is that driver's performance? Maybe it's better than yours. Maybe it's not as good as yours. But that's one thing you have to be cautious about. So when you walk in and you tell your boss, hey, 
uh, Bill over here makes so many cents a mile. I want to make so many cents a mile too. I've been here just as long as he is, or maybe even, even longer. So the reality is that while you're both company drivers, maybe you have similar experience and stuff, not every driver is created equal. And, you know, I think about, we have drivers in our fleet that run 130,000 miles a year. We have drivers that run 90,000 miles a year. They're all full-time company employees. Some are just hustlers, some are not so much. So then you kind of have to ask yourself, well, if I was in that employer's position, is it right to pay every driver, every driver an equal wage? So maybe it's not. It's definitely there's safety and productivity and there's lots of factors that can go into your wage. So that's the, that's the danger in asking uh, or comparing your wages to somebody else or other drivers and then thinking that you need to go in and ask your boss uh, for equal wages because it just there's too many things to compare there. The third tactic you might want to avoid is make sure you're not coming off when you ask as being entitled. Uh, entitlement is, is like you, you deserve something, uh, it's your right to have this, and that's certainly not a way to set the tone for a conversation if you're going to ask your employer uh, for a raise in, in wages. The best thing you can do is come in with a, a humble attitude and understand that you want to come in with the idea that you want to earn your raises. You want to make sure you've done everything that you need to do to take that next step uh, on the wage scale. The fourth tactic I would try to avoid is what I would just call threats, right? This is maybe you walk into the boss and uh, you say, hey, so-and-so is making uh, this much, so many cents per mile. Um, if I don't get the same thing, then, then I'm out of here. So that just doesn't ever work. You know, it's, uh, first of all, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to put your supervisor, uh, you're going to back them in a corner, they're going to instantly become defensive, and that tactic almost never works for drivers. The other thing is, if it actually does work and they actually feel like because of the situation you put them in and they have to give you a bump in pay, it's almost certainly going to create some animosity going forward. So if you rub your supervisor the wrong way and they feel like they've been attacked or cornered in some way, uh, I would hate to think anybody would do it, but there's certainly a chance that down the road, you know, they're probably going to remember that. They're probably going to remember how you made them feel and how you approach that situation. And I wouldn't think they'd retaliate, but I'm just going to guess that they, they probably won't forget how you made them feel in that situation. Number five is probably one of my least favorite, and it's something that I simply don't do, won't put up with, and I call it the bluff, right? This is when I walk in and either I've got a note on my desk, uh, somebody's given notice, they're given their two-week notice because they're, uh, they're going to quit, or maybe they've sent an email with the two-week notice, and that is a tactic where they say they think, well, if I just give my notice, then they'll be forced to ask where and why I'm going. And that will open the conversation about a higher wage. So it's a tactic where they really never intend to leave. They just think that if I go down this path and I turn in my two-week notice, then I'll automatically get a raise. And I'll just tell you that one certainly does not work for me. Uh, yes, I will ask questions about... Uh, you have very valued team members. So of course I want to know where you're going. Is there anything else uh, that we could have done to keep you? But at the end of the day, I'm probably going to shake your hand and wish you well. And I've seen it enough over the years, the look on that person's face when you say something like that, you can tell if they were bluffing or not. 
they just get this look of surprise like, oh, oh my gosh, no, you weren't supposed to, you weren't supposed to say that. You were supposed to tell me you were going to give me more money to stay. So I don't, I don't think that's a good tactic at all. Unfortunately, I see it a lot. And it's probably people that just, like I said, you don't know how to start the conversation. It's a super uncomfortable thing to do to ask for that raise, but we're going to give you some tips here in just a little bit. See if we can't get you through that. The sixth thing to remember um, is asking for a base wage increase. Uh, one of the things I always challenge uh, our people with is if, if they come to me and ask, one of the things we're going to talk about is what other incentives are you earning in the programs that we offer? So if you're a driver, you know, there may be a safety incentive, there may be fuel bonus incentives, uh, there may be uh, other ways to earn pay like becoming a mentor or become a driver trainer. Uh, now, with the understanding that becoming a driver trainer is not for everybody, um, I, I will ask you about the other incentive plans. So if you're somebody that's putting a great effort forth and you're already uh, getting that safety bonus and you're doing very well in the fuel bonus, uh, maybe you're even a mentor for us, um, and you still make a case for needing a bump in your base wage, then I will certainly take a good hard look at that. And there's a good chance you're probably going to get it. But one of the things that happens is we get drivers that come in on occasion and they're more or less demanding a raise uh, because they heard such and such carriers paying this or my buddy's making that. Um, but I'm going to look at what else they're doing for us in the programs because I know those incentives are out there. And in many cases, that can be another two to six cents a mile, something like that. So it's significant dollars you could earn. Uh, if I find out they're not making fuel bonus or they're not checked into being a mentor yet or uh, they haven't done everything they could in the safety programs to bump their pay, then that's going to be my first challenge to them. Because essentially what I see then is I see an employee that comes in and wants a raise for not doing any more work, right, Does it, if that makes sense. It's about giving that employee a bump in pay for essentially the same amount of work. And it just doesn't feel right to do that. Now, like I said, if they're knocking it out of the park and they're doing everything you ask of them and, and they're just uh, a really good employee, then absolutely we're gonna take a look at that and see how we can help you out. So you wanna really know how to approach your boss or your supervisor and, and take the discomfort out of it. So I've got a couple, uh, I'll walk you through, I'll give you some ideas here, maybe here's some openings or sentences you can use that I think will take a lot of the discomfort out of it and just make the whole process a lot easier for you. The first thing I would do is maybe schedule a time with your supervisor if you can. Try to do this face-to-face. -face. Uh, that's That can be hard as a driver, obviously, if you don't make it back to the terminal as often as you'd like. But see if you can't and just uh, ask them to set five minutes aside. You know, the conversation doesn't take very long. Uh, but just, you know, pop in and say, hey, you know, I've got something that's really important to me. I was wondering if you'd have a moment to discuss it. And that's it. That's your opening right there. The next thing I do is I would say, can you tell me what the compensation range is for a full-time company driver? And meaning, is it between 55 and 65 cents? In other words, does your company offer some kind of range for uh, people with less experience versus people with more experience. So what's the range? Ask them what that range is. And then ask them, where do I fall in that range right now? So what you're trying to do and trying to understand is, if do I fall in the middle? Am I down towards the bottom? Am I already 
up towards the top of the range. And then this is where you're going to make your case. You're basically going to say, listen, so I've been here X years, two and a half years, whatever that looks like. Uh, I'm safe. I'm on time. I'm loyal. And I love this company. I really love working here. I like the people. I have really good relationships. And my aspiration is to continue to grow with the company. Can you help me figure out a plan to get my annual income to X? So by doing that, by asking your supervisor's help, you haven't come in, you haven't been demanding, and you're open to conversation. And that's really what it's about, is having a conversation and not walking in and trying to demand X amount of cents per mile or I'm going to quit or dropping threats or anything like that. But what that does for you, it does a couple things. It's first of all, it's going to put your supervisor at ease, right? You didn't back them into a corner. Uh, they don't feel threatened by having the conversation. I'll have this conversation with people all day long. And in fact, I admire the idea that they would be willing to come in and sit down and talk to me and the way they approached it. So that's really where the idea of this podcast came from was a couple weeks ago, we actually had an employee do that very thing. And I, I was impressed with the way they approached it. And I really appreciated it. I went to their supervisor and I said, hey, so-and-so is asking uh, for an increase. And they've stated some facts. Do you have a minute to discuss this? And, you know, we sat down and we went over some things and we were able to come up with a raise for that employee. Uh, because we knew they were doing a good job. We knew they were loyal. We know they like working for us, and they're, they're a true value to the company. So, of course, we're going to try to figure out a way to keep that employee, if we can, rather than losing them to probably a competitor. Um, and then, you know, having to go through that whole process of hiring somebody, and it takes 60 to 90 days to get somebody in the door, and then you're going through a training process whether they do or don't have experience. I mean, if they don't have experience, you really have to go through a training process. And even if they do, they still have to learn your way, your culture, all of that. So in my mind, uh, the dollars we were able to find for this person and, and keep them on board, it, it was a win-win. It made them happy um, and, I, and hopefully even more loyal and appreciative to uh, the relationship that we have with them. So I thought it turned out really well, but that was the inspiration uh, for this podcast because while I was impressed how they did it, they did it right. Unfortunately, I've probably had way more people probably approach it the wrong way. So I really wanted to say, listen, here's a list of six, six things that's probably not going to start the conversation off in the right way. Uh, but here is a way that you can approach it. Uh, it's not intimidating. It didn't uh, offend anybody and it shows your value. And it shows you took the time to think through it and be methodical about it in your approach. So hopefully your employer is going to go, you know what, even if I need time to research a few things and look into a few things, that's okay. And by the way, if they give you that response, if they say, let me look into that, you probably need to come back and say, I'd be happy to let you look into it. Is it okay if I check in with you on Monday? So by that, you're setting an expectation for that employer. Yes, give them the time to go look into whatever it is they need to track down, but make sure you're staying on top of that. Give them a reasonable time uh, to follow back up and then you do the follow-up with them. So, hey, is it okay if I check back in with you Monday when I come in the office and we can see what you came up with? Yeah, I think that, I think that sounds reasonable and it gives me a few days to go do my research. So that tactic that I just 
shared with you, you know, it avoids those six mistakes. First of all, by it creates a window for the increase and it's not an immediate demand. So if the conversation was, uh, can you help me find a path to this, to whatever that, that dollar amount is, maybe it's not all at once. Uh, maybe that's something that, hey, we can do a little bit for you now, but there's going to be other opportunities along the way. And what I like about that is you need to think about your, your career as, uh, or, or your job as a career, right? It's a continuum. So don't think of it as just an event. Uh, it's not something that's just happening today. It's not transactional. You should never think of your job like that, but it's a career. So if it takes a little bit of time to get there, that's okay, right? That works out better for everybody. The other thing you didn't do is you didn't walk in and you didn't compare yourself to anybody else. Like I say that for whatever reason, that kind of rubs employers and uh, supervisors the wrong way to know that people are kind of comparing wages. It's, it's a little bit hurtful because while, again, like you think you're uh, on the same level as that other person you're talking to, you really have no way of knowing who's at what level. You didn't come off as entitling, you didn't come off demanding anything, and you didn't give an ultimatum to do it. So I absolutely think uh, this is probably the best approach for you. If you decide that you want a midterm, kind of go in and ask your boss for a raise. This is a great, great way to start that process. Thanks for joining us on this episode. For more resources on improving your trucking career, check us out at driventofar.com. <music>